0: back to Fund Your Future with DRS. And we wanted to take some time on our podcast to, sometimes it's a bit of a touchy subject, but investing in the stock market, more specifically investing when the stock market is down. And while we can't give specific advice, we think it's a worthy topic of conversation. Um, And before we get started, we wanted to remind our listeners that if you do have a pension, your money is safe and being taken care of. But, you know, if you do have stocks, personal stocks, it can be kind of frustrating to check in on it and, and see that it's been going down for the last couple of months.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like when I'm in meetings with colleagues, it, it's a topic of conversation more often than I feel like it should be. Like, <laughs> like what'd the market do today? What'd the market do last oh. week? Uh, looking at like, oh, i put in this amount of money and there's actually less uh, <laughs> than, than what i put in. And I think one of the reasons one of the things I was excited about for this episode was just uh, oftentimes when those conversations come up, I am reminded of a quote from Warren Buffett, the world famous uh, investor, uh, person worth billions and billions of dollars has, has made a living investing. But his quote is, I've always felt that investing is like a bar of soap. The more you handle it, the smaller it gets. It just reminds me always that it's like it's superhuman nature to feel like you need to do something. You mm. need to take action. Like, I, I, I feel uncomfortable. I don't like the way this is going. I need to do something.
0: Ah, yes.
1: And I think when people are looking at their investments and they, they get that uncomfortable feeling because they, they see it going down, there's like, I, I need to take some action. And, you know, there's been lots and lots of studies that, that show people who are more frequently trading within their accounts have worse performance.
0: Mm.
1: People don't like to hear that. It, it's really important to think about, like, am I, am I making these decisions out of fear? What's my long-term plan? Yeah, And am I sticking to my long-term plan even in times of distress? Uh, and, and, and that's hard. It's super hard. Yeah. Um, in, in some ways, what I always want to say to people is just don't look. Or don't look so frequently. Like, what, yes. what, what are you really gaining out of checking your account every day? Like,
0: yeah, it might depend on if you're if you're trading a specific stock that you're tracking. But if you're investing in something like index funds or ETFs, it's probably better just to not look.
1: You know, there, there are lots of different ways to think about it or kind of help reverse the psychology for folk. When the market is down, you're actually buying things on sale.
0: Yes. I love this analogy. <laughs> yeah, it, like... If your stock is at normally at, at $100, then you, the market's down. Now it's at $90. You're like, great, I'm going to buy more shares knowing that it's going to go back up. I'm getting this on sale. This seems, you know, like you said, it's a psychology of like getting yourself into that mindset of you're buying something on sale when it's low.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think for a lot of us who have regular deductions coming out of our check, where every two weeks or twice a month or once a month, however often we're getting paid, we are purchasing investments. We're we're having money go into our deferred comp account or our plan three account or our Roth IRA or whatever accounts we have set up. Over time, when when the market is down, yeah, we're we're buying more shares. Uh, It is one of the few scenarios where people kind of stress out about buying things that are on sale. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think it can be helpful to keep that in mind of just I'm, I'm purchasing
0: more shares. Yeah, I'm uh, buying when this down. at a lower cost. Yeah. And you're you know feeling confident that that's going to, to work out in the long run, that the stock market is gonna go up. And that is the thing about the stock market is that it goes up and down.
1: It definitely makes people feel uncomfortable. And I think the other thing that can be really helpful to keep in mind um, to, to your point about the market going up and down It's like reminding yourself of when do you actually need this money?
0: Yes. And
1: I think it's really easy when you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s. uh, Like we are not to pay as much attention. It's just like I'm I'm just socking that money away. And in 20 or 30 or 40 years when I actually need the money, I'm going to assume that there's going to be some growth in that. Um, and I think it's much more stressful for people who are in their 60s or 70s or 80s when they see that number go down. Yeah. And it's like, oh, mm. I, I'm actually going to take some of that out. But even if you're in your 60s and 70s, you know, hopefully you live into your 80s or 90s or 100s and, y- and you might not need, need that money anytime soon.
0: Yeah. Or you could just take out like a really small percentage.
1: Yes, I think that's exactly right. I think that's the thing to, to keep in mind, like maybe I'm going to need ten thousand dollars next year. And so I'm going to set that money into an investment that's very safe. Yeah. And, and I'm going to feel comfortable knowing that that money's there and available when I need it. And it gives me the peace of mind that if the rest of the account is going up or down, I, I know I've got time with that money, that time becomes my my friend and I can ignore it a little bit more or a little bit more easily.
0: Yes, I think definitely long-term is the theme here. Not for money that you're gonna go use for a vacation for next year. It's that long-term strategy goals.
1: Yeah, and I I think that sometimes is hard to figure out what do I need today, tomorrow, next week, next year, especially when you're transitioning from active work to retirement. Um. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm used to having this set paycheck every month or every two weeks, and now I, d- I don't know exactly what my expenses are going to be. And this goes back to previous episodes where we've talked about budgeting and, and kind of setting up income and expense tables, getting a better sense of, yeah, I'm going to need $30,000 over the next 12 months or whatever because I have these set expenses, and so I can set that money aside and feel like it's safe. Yeah. I think you you heard this a lot during the Great Recession 2007, two thousand seven eight nine where where people saw their life savings go down by thirty percent or forty percent mm. and in fifty percent in some cases and it felt really scary yeah for for folks who were really close to retirement but then if you look at those accounts three or four or five years later they're back in similar kind of not maybe all the way to their highs, but but a lot of it has recovered. And, and the folks who really ended up in bad shape were the folks who locked in their losses. So your, your account goes down 40 percent or 50 percent. You freak out and you say, oh, I need to put all this money in something safe. Yeah. And then it doesn't go back up when oh. when the market comes back. And I think that is really to Warren Buffett's quote is really how how people end up making their bar of soap smaller. You know, you, you don't allow your your funds to rebound. As you said, the market has has its fluctuations. Yeah. And so you, <laughs> you 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 don't want to lock in those losses.
0: Yeah. You don't want to see it going down in panic. It's that long term investment.
1: Yeah. And that's why I think it's really important to think about. What is your kind of long term plan and when when you need the money and then also what is the investment strategy that you're okay with or yeah. you're comfortable with? And I think we we see a lot of people who know that they are going to have their social security benefit and they're going to have their pension benefit. And so that's kind of like the security blanket. Like, right. I'm always going to have that money. So I'm comfortable having my investment account be more aggressive. Mm, and so, okay. if, so if it goes down 50 percent because of some um, horrible change in the market. Um, I'm OK with that because I know I've got this base amount of money uh, available to me. I think other folks who have less in their Social Security or less in their pension might feel a little bit more conservative about their own investments, realizing that as I approach retirement, I'm going to need that money more quickly yeah, um, or, or more of it. So they might invest in things that are less volatile.
0: So what about compound interest? That's obviously a big factor here in the stock market.
1: Yeah. Also another famous quote at least credited to Einstein that compound interest is like the eighth wonder of the world. Oh and yes. <laughs> that it is a fascinating topic and oftentimes the thing that kind of blows people's mind when they start to think about investing and one of the ways you can think about it how long is it going to take for my money to double? Think about this when the when the market is going down, you know, like, well, it's it's going to come back at some point. And if I wait long enough, time is really my friend. And so uh, even if it's down now, let's say it's gonna double in eight to 10 years. And I was just going to go on the more- Yeah, i heard cons- seven. Yeah, if you're, depending on how conservative or aggressive you are with your investments, that that number can vary. And that's why I usually choose 10 just for easy math. Okay. Like, like yeah. it's <laughs> just, okay, I know 10 years from now, if I go from 50,000, it'll be 100,000. And then another 10 years, it's 200,000. Then right. it's 400 and then 800. You start to think like farther out, especially if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, that if you live to be 100, you're talking about, you know, six doublings or seven doublings. That's a lot of momentum that can be on your side to, to think about that time of, of compounding. Once again, folks who are still in their closer to retirement age, their, their 60s and 70s, if you're not drawing on it immediately, still might double one more time before you even need to take out the money if you're in your 50s or 60s. Um, yeah. And and I think that's where stepping back from the immediate stress or anxiety of seeing the market go down and think mm-hmm. about like, OK, where can I expect this to be or hope that it'll be in 10 years from now?
0: Again, it's really just looking at that time element and say, hey, I'm in this for the long haul, especially for that compound interest that yeah. it's going to probably won't get that much compound interest over five years. But like we said, over 10, 20, 30 years, you're really looking at a good good amount.
1: Yeah. And I think maybe that's where it can be helpful for people to step back. You know, if you're feeling stressed about it, go run your, your portfolio through a compound interest calculator. Oh, and, and that's great. Like, what, what is this going to look like in 10 or 20 or 30 years? And remind yourself why you are investing. Yes. And and you're you're setting this money aside now to give yourself more opportunity and options in the future.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: I I think that's really what it comes down to. I know people get frustrated, like the last year we've had, where there was people who were brand new to employment and they were putting money into their deferred comp or their plan three account, and they were seeing it go down month after month. Some accounts where folks, well, they worked for a short period of time and they ended up taking their money out of their account and they ended up with less money in their account than they had put in.
0: Oh, no. Right.
1: And so that feels frustrating. Yeah. And, but, but once again, they didn't have the opportunity or the advantage of decades. Yes. And, and that can be, I think, it can feel like a loss. One of the things I, I try to also remind myself is like, what else would I have used that money for?
0: Yeah, and I think that gets back to the budgeting part. So I really just try to, if I am going to buy investments, it's really that extra sort of like fun money. Mm -hmm. I've already set aside money for my bills and for my house to fix it up and my Roth account. This is just sort of extra money.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good way to think about it in that... What other things would I have planned for this money? And this is like a very normal human bias to like, I'll get more joy out of it today than I'll get out of it 10 years from now.
0: Oh, yeah. I
1: think it's something to kind of try to think about that bias of how can I do my future self a favor?
0: Yes. Um, my, my
1: future self will be very happy with me now. But, but also, what am I planning on doing with that in 10, 10 or 20 years from now? Am I hoping to travel more? Am I hoping to retire early? Am I hoping to be able to help out my grandkids? Like whatever those future motivating factors are can be really helpful. Well, maybe I'm not going to put as much money in right now because I want to do some of those things now. Yeah. Um, and, and try to figure out where that how to, how to strike that appropriate balance.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Just being able to say, hey, I'm going to set this amount of money inside. I'm going to invest it for my future self. And so that I I have those options.
1: And this has been a running theme through a lot of our podcast episodes (laughs) is thinking about those options and making sure that you have more of that flexibility. You know, one of the things we talk about a lot with the, the Deferred Compensation Program is that ideally you're saving that money for retirement, but in a lot of ways it can also function as a transition or a bridge, or a, like I've stopped working, I get laid off. I, I have these funds available to me to, to give me additional options at that time as well. So maybe it's not just at retirement, maybe it's in some uh, life transition period as well.
0: Yes, absolutely
1: another thing i've been talking with uh, my colleagues about there's always good times coming ahead but there's also always bad times coming ahead i i always come back to i don't know if you were a game of thrones fan but the the, you know (laughs) the 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 winter is coming like you you don't know when it's coming but it's i think kind of similarly for the stock market a recession is coming we don't know when you'll see these dips in the market but they're Happening and and trying to help yourself be mentally prepared for them Mm -hmm. is really helpful. So if that means, you know, setting a rule for yourself that you're not going to rebalance your account except for once a year on your birthday or, you know, whatever (laughs) whatever day you do, those sorts of things, helping kind of set up like what's that game plan? when things are calm and you're not feeling stressed Mm -hmm. can be really helpful. Maybe I'm a little bit odd in that I set a lot of rules for myself, uh, just in general, (laughs) like life rules that help me try to live what my values are or make the best decisions in a future moment by setting those rules up when I have more clear thinking. So
0: that's great. Yeah,
1: (laughs) The one that popped in my head, maybe not totally relevant, but like I, I have a rule that I don't take out money from an ATM in a casino.
0: Oh, no. Well, that's that's probably a pretty good rule. (laughs) I
1: I like to gamble occasionally. Like, that seems like a fun thing to do, but I I go in with a plan. Like, that's a strategy. And I feel like it's similarly with investing. It's like, what is my plan? I'm going to invest in the target date fund that is appropriate for my age. That's my investment strategy. Or I'm going to spread my money across these three funds. Yeah. and that's my strategy now and I'm gonna continue and maybe only reevaluate that once a year on a specific date, not when I'm feeling stressed or uh, exactly. when I see the market is, go down.
0: That is great advice. I'll tell you another rule that I use for myself, not related to investing, but I never use my online banking apps when I'm out in public, yeah. like on a public Wi-Fi. I only access them when I'm at home on my own Wi-Fi.
1: <laughs> a good security measure for yes. sure. <laughs> and also probably a measure that helps you like not make rash decisions or, or, or panic <laughs> like, oh, I, I need to buy this right now or I need to transfer money right now. Oftentimes, any rules that helps you slow down and stop and reflect can be really beneficial.
0: Um, and so you mentioned the compounding interest calculator. There's millions of those available online. Mm-hmm. Are there any sort of other tools that you would recommend for folks in terms of stock market obviously there's a lot of them out there and it depends on where you're investing.
1: Yeah, no that's it's a it's a really good question. I think most folks if you're using any sort of brokerage account or if you're investing through like the deferred compensation program or your Plan 3 account, Voya, our third-party record keeper, has a lot of calculators and tools that can kind of help assess what your risk tolerance is, oh, nice. which I think can be really helpful as people are thinking about, like, is my portfolio in a state that that makes sense? Those calculators can also just be helpful in helping you think about what your own thinking is. Mm. Like, how would I feel if my investments dropped by 20% tomorrow? Go through some of those calculators will help you to stop and think about like, when do I need this money? How much will I need? When will I need it? Those questions might not always be obvious to us. And so working through those calculators can be really helpful to think about different scenarios. Yeah, that's great. How often do you check your investment accounts, Jenny?
0: <laughs> um, I would say probably once a month. I keep like a little spreadsheet. So I've got like my Roth that I have through a Betterment account and then my DCP account and just general savings kind of funded constant, You know, and if it goes down, I'm like, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> I think once a month, once a quarter, totally reasonable. When I, I visited my parents before they were retired, I felt like my dad was checking his account once a day. Oh, no, and, and, yeah, and, and we had a colleague that used to work here. It was kind of a similar thing.
0: That I don't recommend to anyone. No.
1: And I'm just trying to explain, help those folks understand that it was causing more stress. When things go down, you feel worse, worse than the amount you feel better when things go up. And yeah. so you're actually causing yourself more stress, even in cases where, like, the market is going up or kind of staying flat.
0: Like, right. Whereas if you're only checking once a month or once a quarter, it's going to go down and up and down and up and down and up. And then you look at it and you're like, hey, yeah. it's gone up since last quarter. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, exactly you didn't even. see all those little pitfalls in between. Yes, I think
1: that definitely an advantage to looking less frequently. Reduce some of that, that stress in your own life.
0: Yeah, and kind of remembering in your head, like, okay, this is for the long haul, like at least 10 or 20 years, like minimum. Yeah, well, thank you very much for the conversation.
1: Yeah, thanks for chatting. Thanks for listening, and now we'd love to hear from you. What topics would you like to hear about? What questions do you have for us? Send an email to drs.podcasts at drs.wa.gov. That's drspodcasts at drs.wa.gov. The Department of Retirement Systems provides this podcast as a public service, but it's neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of DRS policy. References to any specific product or entity do not constitute an endorsement or recommendation. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by DRS employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of DRS or any of its officials.